Okay, good to see all of you today. I hope that um, in this, this holiday weekend that uh, you're all enjoying your weekend and having a good time. But um, good to see all of you today. Really, really good to see you. Um, before we get into the Word this morning, uh, I want to um, just do something here. Um, but we have a new uh, church family member. Uh, little Isaac William was born on Wednesday. And um, when I say little, I mean little. Uh, he was born at uh, 29 weeks. Is that right? 29 weeks. And, um, and so he's, he's, a, he's a preemie. He's weighing in right now at about, about a pound, what, pound seven ounces? Oh, that kid's getting fat. <laughs> All right, all right. And, um, but obviously he's, he's still in the hospital and, he, and we need as a church family to be praying for him. I'm gonna ask Jason and Eric, if you guys would just stand right where you are. And um, uh, I'm gonna ask some of the, the church family just to gather around them. We're gonna pray for them and we're gonna pray with them about, about little Isaac and that God would uh, keep his hand on him and that he would come along. It's... You know, for those of you that have, have little ones, you know how hard it is to, uh, you, you can imagine how hard it would be for a mom to, to leave her little one in the hospital like that and not to be able to, you know, to, to hold it and to, to hug it uh, the way that God put inside of you. I mean, just those natural desires. And so we're going to pray for not just the baby, but we're going to pray for mom and dad also. God would just be with them. So, Father, we come right now in the name of Jesus, and we just pray your blessings, first of all, on, on Jason and Erica, that you would comfort them as they're, as they're seeing their little guy just um, there in the hospital. And Father, we pray that you would keep your hand on him, that you would supernaturally, God, uh, strengthen him and cause him to, Lord, to, to grow and to mature. God, we know that your word tells us that you're actively involved in knitting him together uh, in his mother's womb. And God, we confess that and we know that. And we pray your blessings on, on, on little Isaac now in the name of Jesus. We pray that he would, that he would grow healthy in, in a very strong, healthy fashion, God, that we will be able to welcome him into our family here and, and soon, Lord. And God, we, we give you the glory. We, God, I thank you for, 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 for medicine. I thank you for doctors, and I thank you for the knowledge that you have given to doctors and to the medical field to, to, to be involved in this miracle. And God, his little life is a miracle, and we want to continue to see the miracle. Bless the doctors, bless the nurses, bless all the caregivers, and God, strengthen them and give them wisdom. We give you the glory. We give you the praise. God, touch our little guy. God, touch him and, and give him great strength. And we ask these things in your precious holy name, Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 So get that baby here real quick, okay? <laughs> well, you know, this, this, this right now we are, we're working on a series on, on Plugged In. You know, um, you know are you 
And then there's a plug. See, it's, it's a cute little play here. On, you know, it's catchy. It's catchy. Are you plugged in? And um, on this, what we're saying is talking about, you know, yes, getting plugged into the ministries in the church and getting plugged into what we are doing and finding that place that God has called you and created you to be and um, getting involved in, in doing what, what, what God has uniquely gifted and talented you to, to do and to be. Uh, but, but also making certain that we are all plugged into God's plan for our life, that we are all highly involved in, in knowing what God uh, his, what wants us to do in relationship with him. And so today we're going to be talking about, about that issue of, of plugged in and getting plugged in and plugging in in a very strong, strong, solid fashion. But doing it in the understanding of God's vision, that God has a, a plan, that God's got a plan for your life, and uh, we are grasping that plan. God's vision. Do you know what God's vision for your life is? And do you want to see what God wants you to see? And so today as we're talking about, you know, you know, what do you want to see? What do you want to see in your life? What do you want to have happening in, in your life? We can talk all about God's plan out there for everything else, but, but God's a personal God, and he wants to be highly involved in every aspect of your life. There's a passage in, in the book of Amos in chapter 3 and verse 3, and it says, do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? And the power of, of agreement. And today, in the next couple of, next week or so, we're going to be talking about the, the power of agreeing together. And I'm going to, to begin to lay a little bit of the foundation about the power of a, agreeing together in prayer. And so many times we, we are living less than because we, we don't understand God's plan. We're not, we're not comfortable in praying, thy kingdom come, thy, thy will be done. We're not comfortable in insisting on God's, God's best, God's will for our lives. And then what happens when we agree together, of agreeing to walk together, agreeing to pray together, to, to see something supernatural take place. Something, now this passage that we're in, in Amos, you know, honestly, it, it's, it's a passage that has to do with the negative side. God says, wait a minute, you guys, are, you, you guys are walking away from me. You're not walking, you haven't chosen to walk close to me. But you see, that, that agreement, we, we can use it for the positive or we can use it for the negative. And, and God wants us to, to use that power of coming together as, as a very positive thing. The, the, the revelation, the end of Revelation talks about what happens when we as the church, when we agree with the Holy Spirit and we are saying, come Holy Spirit, that it's at that point of agreement that it, it's all over with, that, that the end of time is there because we are in agreement with, with what the Holy Spirit is saying. 
And there's a power of agreement when we, when we do these things. We, we, most of us know the story in, in, in the Old Testament about the Tower of Babel. Now, we know that, of course, we know that as these people came together and said, we're going to build a tower so high that we're going to go into heaven and we're going to pull God down. We're going to challenge God. Well, we know that they weren't going to build a power that high. But, but what, we, what the Bible tells us is that when people begin to agree together that a powerful thing can happen, whether it is positive towards the things of God or negative against the things of God. No, they weren't going to build a tower that high We've built towers higher than they, we, we've, we've sent people to the moon. Uh, so it's not that we're going to find God, but God understood. And God was warning against that power of agreeing to, to challenge God, to try and come against the things of God. We know that when we say, God, we want your kingdom come and your will to be done, we know that there's a powerful thing that begins to take place. And this is the idea behind the message today of what do you want to see? What do you want to see in your life? What do you want to, God to see God doing in your life on a continual, ongoing basis? And do you have a vision? Do you have a dream to see God do those things? I'm going to read a passage to you, or we're going to look at it together, out of three different uh, translations, a paraphrase. Um, but just the idea that, that, that God understands the, important of dr- the importance of dreams and of visions. In Proverbs, in chapter 29, in verse 18, out of the King James Version, it says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Where, there, where there's no vision, where there is no understanding that something takes place, that people perish, when we're not seeing things that God wants us to see, that there's an end product, that end product is that people perish. comes across in, from the, uh, the NIV, uh, it says that where there is, where there is uh, no revelation, people cast off restraint. Where there is not that understanding of God's plan, of God's vision, of God's dream. That, that where there's no revelation, people are casting off restraints. And uh, is that a good picture of our world today or what? Where we don't live our world, we don't live our lives our, uh, according to the plans of God, the revelation of God. And consequently, there, there's no restraint. Everything is okay. There are no boundaries that, that are placed in life. And all of a sudden, we begin to realize that there's no revelation and there's no boundaries. There's no guidelines. People do what is, whatever is right in their own sight. And and who are you to tell me that I can't do it this way? You have no business to tell me how to live my life. No, but the revelation of God does. He says, but the one, the one who heeds the wisdom, he's blessed. Blessed is the one who understands the wisdom of God. And I love the way that it comes out in, in the message paraphrase. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. And sometimes we can live our lives stumbling all over ourselves. We can live our lives 
tripping ourselves up. You see it. You see a person that maybe they forgot to tie their shoe or the shoe came untied and they step on the shoestring and they're falling flat on their face and they're stumbling all over themselves. But the Bible goes on to say, but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Again, that word blessed means what? Say happy. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, yeah. The word blessed, you know, blessed are they that. Happy, happy are they. You know, and our our goal in life, just very honestly, is to to live a happy life. And God is saying, "I, I want you to live a happy life too. And if you will live inside of these restraints, if you will live inside of these boundaries, if you'll live inside of my revelation, if you'll live inside of my vision for you, my plan for you, guess what? You're going to be happy doesn't mean everything is going to go well. Yes, you will have some tribulation in the world, but there's going to be a contentment, a happiness of knowing that life, life can, can go on. Now, the, the vision, when we talk about the power of vision and having a vision and having a dream, I'm not talking about falling into some kind of a, a trance, you know, of a, of a vision and uh, kind of like what people come up with, you know, with, um, you know, with Notre Dame or something like that. I'm talking about, about a dream, a, a future that God has in mind for every one of us. I'm talking about God's inspired plan of action for your life. And are you living your life inside of God's vision? Are you living your life inside of God's dream? Or are you stumbling all over yourself? Uh, George Barna wrote a book uh, a number of years ago. And uh, the title of the book was The Power of Vision. And in his book, he gives a definition of, of, of vision. And his definition of vision is a clear mental image of a preferable future. You know, do you have a clear mental image of your preferable future? God's future for you. That is the preferable one, we know. I want to do it God's way because, you know, but clear mental image of preferable future imparted by God to his chosen servants. Do you have that picture of a future, of God, this is where I want to go, and God, this is where I want to direct my life. Imparted by God to his chosen people. Am I a am I chosen servant of God? Am I, am I a chosen servant of God? And again, I want to say this. I try and remind you of this a lot, but, but, but are, are, you, are, you, are you serving God? And the answer is, look where you are right now. You have to say to yourself, wait a minute. I have chosen to, I've chosen to come to church today. I'm, I've chosen to be here because there's something that I want in my life. I want to serve God. The facts are, if you didn't want to serve God, honestly, folks, you wouldn't be here. You know, do business with yourself. Admit to yourself, I got a heart for God. I want to do it God's way. And then all of a sudden, you know, always, but you don't know what I did last week. I lived all last week, you know, not trying... But look where you are right now. Forget about the past. Forget about the former things. Look at where you are right now. You're here because you've made a choice. I want to do it God's way. So when we talk about a preferable future that, you know, uh, 
we're talking about this preferable future given to, to God's people, God's chosen servants, based upon an accurate understanding of God, of self, and of circumstances. A vision is a clear mental image of a preferable future imparted by God to his chosen servants based upon an accurate understanding of God, yourself, and the circumstances that you're in. And see, so many times we, 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 we focus on those last two things, of self and circumstances. And what God is saying is, I want you to understand my plan for your life in regards to yourself and the circumstances. But I always choose to do things the wrong way. The circumstances are against me. And God is saying, I want you to move ahead beyond self and beyond circumstances and understand my vision. Because without a vision, without the revelation from God, you're going to perish. You're, you're, you're going to stumble all over yourselves. You're going to cast off restraints. You're going to keep making mess after mess after mess. Trust in me. Trust in my ways and, and watch what is going to happen. When people with a vision know what God wants them to do and they know where God wants them to be, there's an empowering that comes. And as we begin to, to come together and we say, God, lead me in your paths of righteousness for your namesake, then all of a sudden we begin to realize that life has got a purpose. I'm not just being driven by, by whoever was elected I'm not being driven by, by, by financial circumstances about the fact that we are in a recession. I'm not being driven by that. But instead, God's got a plan for my life. Without a vision, people perish. They live in this ambiguity of just whatever happens next. I'm, I'm just a product of, of whatever has, has to happen next. And realizing that we serve a God of power, we serve a God of strength, and we serve honestly a God of authority. And when we give God that authority in our lives, and we allow him to lead and to guide, we agree with his written word. We agree with the breath of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need to be expecting to live a different lifestyle than what's happening around us. God has a vision and God has a plan for his church, for the, for the mystical body of Christ worldwide that has existed from the, from, from the day of Pentecost right on through to, to today. And yes, he has that great vision of, of many, many people coming to serve him and spend eternity with him. But he also has a vision and a dream and a passion for your own personal life. You're not just one of a million, uh, uh, billions of people on the face of the earth. You're an individual who is precious to God. And he has a plan for your life. It's not, well, all this big bunch of people go do something that I like. But it's no, each one of you, I have got a unique plan for your life. There's a, a part of God's vision is, is, is laid out in, in the book of Matthew and in chapter 28, starting in verse 18. And then Jesus came to them and he said, All authority in heaven uh, and on earth has been given to me, and therefore go and make disciples of all nations, 
His plan was is that the church makes disciples of all nations. But he says, you have to understand something that, that, that the foundation of, of any vision on your, on your outline, on your bulletin, the foundation of all vision, the foundation of all vision comes from Christ. And something very, very important, and that is his authority. Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, when he says all authority, how much authority is that? <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's a loaded question, you know. <laughs> all authority. He has been given all authority. And so many times, you know, see, we live our lives kind of bouncing around from circumstance to circumstance thinking, you know, oh, God's the enemy, you know, you know he's, he's just beating the daylights out of me and he's just running me ragged and I just don't know what I'm going to do and Satan's got so much power. The only power that the authority has in our life is what we give him. And we believe the lies that, that, he, that he says to us. Oh, I, boy, I've got your life under control. I'm, I'm, I'm directing your life. I, I, I'm going to cause this to happen to you. I'm going to make this happen to you. And, and all of a sudden, begin to write, wait a minute. No, all authority is given to God. And I'm not going to give the enemy that authority in my life. I'm not going to give him that power in my life to, to run me around. Because in the kingdom of God, all authority in heaven and on the earth has been given to me. And Jesus is going to go on. He's going to say, and because of that, I want something to happen in your life. I want you to go make disciples. I want you to teach people to obey all that, that, that I have taught them. This is where the victory in your life is going to come. And so God calls us to this foundation of the authority that he has in our lives. God, I want my life to be built on that, the vision, the plan, the future of my life. God, I want it to be built on what you are saying, what your plan. And you have to really believe that God is saying, I've got nothing but good plan for your life. And this is God's words to us in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. I, God's saying, I know the plans I have for you, plans to bless you and plans to prosper you and not to harm you. And when you believe that about God, when you believe that about him and who he is, and all of a sudden you're going to realize that the, the, the dream for my life, the vision on my, for my life is based on an accurate understanding of God. Not that God is going to lead me down a path and pull the rug off from under me and say, ha, I tricked you. But instead, no, I've got a plan for your life. The enemy has a plan for your life too. That's to destroy you, to confuse you, to cause you to wander around in, in ambiguity. But God is saying, I've got a plan for your life, and it's good. Put your trust in me. Have that vision, have that dream based on me and, and who I am. And so when, when we understand what we've been called to do, yes, the, the, the church of Jesus Christ, to go into the world and make disciples. But for each one of us to be that disciple called by God that is moving ahead in what he's called us to do. I know who God has called me to be. I know the word of God. And I'm going to keep the words of my mouth lined up with the confession of who Jesus Christ is 
and what he's doing. I'm going to follow him along these lines. I'm going to allow him to be that foundation of my future, my dream. The second thing on your outline today is, is are you captured by possibility or by doubt? Are you captured by the possibility or, or, or by doubt? Am I seeing it God's way to what God is calling me to do or am I being controlled by the world around me? This passage in Amos that we read earlier, can, can two walk together except they agree? Now, when we're talking about the power of God's word and about being in agreement with God's word, God, I agree with your word about what you're saying about my life. God, I agree with your word about what you're saying about my future. I agree with your plan and your vision and your dream for my life. In John, in chapter 14, verse 23, Jesus says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my words. He will follow my words. And it's when we begin to doubt God, when we are driven by God, we're captured by doubt. Oh, I don't know if God cares about me or about my life. I don't know if God cares about everybody else and about the whole of humanity, but my own personal situation, I, I, I doubt it. And we begin to bring in that, those arguments against God. And we begin to say, God doesn't care. Then this is where that doubt begins to come in and rule, and all of a sudden, we're giving the authority of our life over to Satan and not giving it to God. And that's why a vision must be controlled by that proper understanding of who God is, his love for you, his passion for you. And God's going to lead me and God's going to guide me. I may not see all the way through the future, but what I do know, what I do believe is God is going to lead me and God is going to guide me. And understanding that the, the power of, of, of God's plan for your life, coming together and, and saying would you, with, with brothers and sisters in Christ, would you pray with me? And that power of agreement, that power of walking together, yes, with the word of God, but allowing people to agree with you in prayer. And we're going to talk more about this in, 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 the, in the coming time, about the, the power of the prayer of agreement. Would you agree with me in prayer about this situation in my life? And sometimes, oh, well, God just cares about the big things. I, I, I got an email this week from a, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine that started off in the ministry together, and, and he's, he's, he oversees literally thousands, tens of thousands of young missionaries around the world. And here's a person that is involved honestly in, 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 in a direction and like, oh, I'm just worried about the, about the big picture. Just worried about, about, you know, going into all the world and preaching the gospel. And that's what's important. And he says, you know, he says, my, my, Julie and I were praying and we needed a refrigerator and we, pray, we agreed together in prayer. And then, wait a minute, wait a minute, John. You're, a refrigerator? You're, you're involved in, in world evangelism. And you're a refrigerator. Do you know that God cares about your refrigerator as much as he cares about world evangelism? 
it's not like God is saying, I only have just a certain amount of power and a certain amount of authority, and I, I don't have it all. And so, yes, folks, God cares about those little things in your life. God really cares if you have cold milk. You don't believe me, do you? God cares about those situations in your life. And as we are getting things into proper perspective of, Lord, I need you alive in my life to lead me, to guide me. And by the way, I need a refrigerator too. And God, do you, God cares about those situations. And as we begin to bring God into all of those areas in our life, we begin to realize that all authority has been given to him. And God, I don't want to live a part of my life over here out from under your authority. And as we are facing this battle in life of keeping it under the authority of God and coming to that place of confession that God, as a matter of fact, I want to live my life by the possibilities, not by the doubt. God, I don't think you care about the situation, God. I don't think it's important to you. But God, you do care. God, you, you really do care. And as we realize that, that God cares about those situations and that God wants to be highly involved in those situations, we begin to realize that God wants to be involved. You can lean on God's word the same way that you can, you can lean on the person around you, that God is going to be there and he's going to lead, he's going to guide you. You can rest in the promises of God. And we can act on the written word of God. And that's the reason that we have to understand the word of God. When we begin to separate ourselves from the authority of the Bible, well, that was the good verse for back then. It doesn't apply today. Culturally back then, but, but today, it's different today. And when we come to that place of saying, but I need God involved in my finances, well, God doesn't really care about that. He did back then, but, but now, not now. And we say, no, wait a minute. The Word of God is supposed to be alive and active in my life. I'm going to take the Word of God. And so take, the, take your Bibles and turn to the book of Philippians. In Philippians in chapter 4 and verse 19. In that place of saying, wait a minute, God. I want to be in agreement with your Word. God, I want to, to honestly have you alive in, in all the areas of my life. In the Philippians in chapter 4 and verse 19. I'm facing a tough time financially, God. Are you going to be there? And my God will meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. God will meet a lot of your needs. A whole bunch of them, the Bible says, doesn't it? All. Do we believe that about the word of God? Well, you don't understand. I, 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 sometimes there's a difference between needs and wants. If God met all of my wants, I would have driven to work today, to church today, in a Lamborghini, a canary yellow Lamborghini. But probably what would have happened is I would have been 
not here today, if I would have met my wants, I would drive my Lamborghini, you know, in the mountains someplace. No, Larry. Um, <laughs> but God meets my needs. God meets our needs according to, to his riches. And what we just understood that Jesus said, all power, all authority has been given to me. He's saying, uh, the riches are mine. And in Christ Jesus, we have those riches. And God, I'm going to trust you. You believe that God can lead you and God can guide you for your future. Whatever your future is, whatever you're looking for, God, will you lead me and will you guide me into, into my future, into, into the plan, your vision for my life, your dream for my life. And do not fall into that lie of the enemy that says that God doesn't care. Because God does care. He has a vision. He has a dream for your life. And boy, is it good. Boy, is it good. It's great. God, my physical body, I need help. My physical body is not working exactly properly right now. When I need healing in Matthew in chapter 8, verse 17, the idea that, that he took our, our sicknesses, our infirmities on him. And the Bible says that by the stripes in Christ's back that we've been healed. And allowing God to speak to us through his word. Your word says this about my situation, about my circumstances. And God, I am going to agree with your word. I'm going to have the power of my brothers and my sisters praying with me in this agreement of my life. God, would you bring this about? And that's the reason that small groups, the coming together for the celebration of Sunday mornings is very important. The, the, large, the coming together like this, the Bible says that those who forsake the gathering are apathetic. They've lost the, the, the vision, they've lost the, the excitement, but there's an allow the enemy to take off their energy and their passion for the Lord. But there's also the importance of the, as the book of Acts talks about, the house-to-house -house meeting, the coming together when there's a small gathering where you can look across the living room or across the table to somebody and say, and would you agree with me in prayer about the situation in my life? I need the breath of God in this area of my life. I need to, to, to have you pray with me. Because the Bible says that where two or three agree upon anything, and we'll talk about that in the next few weeks. But when we agree that something is bound, something takes place, and we need to understand the power of our prayer, and the power of the word of God, when, when God says he sent his word. In the book of Genesis, it talks about the word of God, and God spoke, and it came into existence. God spoke, it's good, it's good, it's good. And God spoke, and God was well pleased. And God wants to be speaking into your life in the very same way that he spoke into creation. God wants to say it's good, and God wants to be well pleased with every one of our lives. And when we come to that place of saying, God, I don't want to just simply be led by the possibilities or by the doubts, but God, I want to understand God's call. Number three in your life is understanding God's call. Do you know why God has called you? Do you know why you're here? Well, yes, it's a part of that thing of you know, God's big dream of reaching the world. It's God's big dream of, of, of reaching you, of you being that fulfilled person in Christ 
of finding that reason why God created you, using those gifts, those talents, those abilities to advance the kingdom of God, of getting plugged in. Now, when you, why do we plug something in? To get power. To get the power for it to work. And God, I want to be plugged into you. I want to have that power that comes from you. It's not just the idea of saying, well, I can do it myself. And number four on your outline is responding to a God-sized task. And so many times we say, well, I, I can't do it, so I'm just not going to do it. But, but God wants us to partner with him for a God-sized task. Something that we know that if God doesn't come through, we're just not going to make it. It's not going to work out right. Moses leading the children of Israel out of captivity. Peter walking on the water. It's a God-sized task that we need the power, the presence of God there to help us do these things. And sometimes, sometimes, sometimes we just play it too safe. If I'm comfortable in doing it, I'll do it. And sometimes God is saying, step out of your comfort zone. Move into something that's a little bit strange, a little bit different. Something that you know that, God, I've got to have your breath in this this very moment or I'm going to be in trouble. And in that place of having that foundation, having that dream that is built on, on God's promise. That dream that's built on God's promise his promise is that he will be with us, that he will lead us and he will guide us and that he will never forsake us. And that God will send his word to go before us and God will send his word to empower us. And so as we are moving from the summertime and moving into this incredible season from September until, until December up through Christmas as we are focusing on the, the vision of the church is, is coming around into a, a great season of, of moving ahead boldly into to outreach, moving into each one of each person, finding their unique talents and abilities and gifts, stretching out of the comfort zone and saying, God, what do you want me to do? God, how can I be involved in advancing your kingdom? And knowing, again, that God's got a plan for your life. And sometimes it just may not really be comfortable because you got to trust in God. Jesus said, all power has been given to me, and because of that, I want you to go. He sends us out under his power and under his authority. He didn't just take these, this group. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to spend eternity with the disciples, so I want to be nice to them right now. <laughs> but do you ever feel like sometimes when you're reading the Bible, they look more, more like Larry, Moe, and Curly than they did the foundation of the church? Like, man, these guys didn't quite have it together, did they? And God's answer was, no, they don't. But under the power and under the authority of the Holy Spirit, they literally turned the world upside down. And how dare you say about yourself that you can't do the same thing? Under the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, God alive working inside of you, 
your unique niche that God has created for you in your life. You can do what Jesus told you to do and to store for yourself treasures in heaven. Advance in the kingdom of God. Investing your life. Em- embracing all those areas of your life, of your, 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 your spiritual life, your walk with God, but, but your families and your marriages, your, your occupations, your careers, of all those things that God, they're under your control. They're under your authority. And as I am agreeing with your word about those areas of my lives, of my life, God, I want to see the richness come out. I want to embrace the possibilities of, of a God-sized task in front of me. And whatever you're praying about, as, you, as you're praying and seeking God's plan for your life, if it is in your job, if it's for a marriage, if it is finding that person that you someday will be, that your, your husband or your wife, if it is that career, whatever you're looking for, if it is having kids, if it is moving into a, to an, a ministry and stepping outside the comfort zone of God, your plan alive inside of me. God, I want my life to give you glory because all authority has been given to Jesus. And he says, and therefore, go. Move boldly the next thing that God has called you to do, knowing and believing that God's got a plan. And boy, is it good. I'm going to ask the worship band to come to the front. I'm going to ask the ushers to come to the front also. Would you all stand with me? Is your confession... Does it line up with God saying, I know the plans I have for you, plans to bless you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you? Is that your confession? Is that your words that you're saying? In the back of your mind, is there that doubt? Yeah, I don't, I think, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe for somebody else or everybody else, but, but not me. The Word of God. God's got a plan for your life. God's plan for the disciples' lives was obviously to reach the world. They all faced hardship. They all faced difficulty. All but one of them died a martyr's death. But they fulfilled their purpose in life. God's dream and God's vision for them. In that place of God, I know that you've got a plan for my life. And I want the fullness of it all. This morning, as we close in prayer of living your life according to God's plan, living your life, living a life like, like that, living a life like that. This morning, as you, as you return your tithes and offerings to the Lord, if it's your first time with us, just fling out that card and drop it in the basket and I'll send you a, something in the mail this week just to thank you and a little gift to say thanks for being with us. But as you're dropping those offerings in the basket this week, say, Lord, this, this, this money 
is a symbol of time out of my life. And God, I'm giving this to you because I want to give my life to you. So Father, bless my life. Father, we, we put our, our lives in your hands. We, put our, we, we trust you with our future. God, we know that you have a dream for our life. God, you have a preferable future for our life. And Father, we want to trust you in the big things as well as the little things because we know that you have all power. It doesn't take anything from you to take care of the little things and the big things. So go before us. And bless this offering and bless the, the vision and the ministry and, and the goal of this church to be light in a dark place. Blessed be your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.